0: Hello and welcome to episode ten of the Gaming Together a cooperative podcast. You I'm the, your host Philip.
1: You said the, you said of episode ten of the Gaming Together a cooperative podcast. Is that not what we say? No, no the. You made fun of me. You made the precedent that we don't say the. When I did it the first time I ever did the intro, you said, "Take it again." You said the. I was like, okay.
0: And I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. <laughs> Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener. If this game is the creme de la creme of co-op, or something better off, the plain solo. So, Nave, how you doing?
1: Tired. We're recording so late today.
0: I know, I really didn't want to start this late, but it's better if we get it done tonight so I can edit it tomorrow.
1: That's the shop talk corner, and we're cutting yep. it early. Because yep. that's right, the most important. part. has been a good part.
0: episode, everybody. We'll see you next time.
1: We got no write-ins. Yeah. Podcast is cancelled.
0: Imagine if somebody wasn't really paying attention and the podcast was just kind of playing in the background. You think they would just think that they listened to a whole episode and just don't remember anything?
1: Yeah, like they're playing Destiny or something and they're just completely zoned out. Which, spoiler yep. alert, we lied. This episode's not about Destiny.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, big lies.
1: Well, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you don't even know what I'm talking about, but that's okay.
0: Well, let's fill them in then. Last episode, we said we are going to play Destiny for this one, but we didn't.
1: Well, it turns out Destiny is a fun game. Who knew? We want to play it a little bit more. We kind of rushed State of Decay a little bit to get it out. We were taking our sweet time. And we want to take our sweet time. We want to savor the flavor of uh, Bungie's latest game. So it's going really well.
0: So, Knave. It looks like you've been playing the Doki Doki Literature Club.
1: It's awesome. Now, most people who are, like, internet savvy know about this game already. This game's very old. It was on Steam. It was like a. It's a game that looks like a visual novel, like a dating sim, with uh, really cute anime, like, high school girls or whatever, like these dating sims always are. But it's very meta. And I'm not going to spoil anything, because the game just got released on PS4. And uh, Xbox One, which is where I played it, which is interesting because in the game you have to physically go into the files of the game and delete shit, like delete files out of the game to proceed with the game. They had to emulate that by making you play through a emu like a like an emulator kind of thing. Like it, it's like a virtual desktop. It's obviously fake, it's not like Windows or anything, but it's like, okay. it has its own files and stuff in there, so that way they could keep all of that stuff in there, and have yeah. that s- a similar experience. It's, in- it's unbelievably meta on the PC, but on this game, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of cute, you know? But it's still unbelievably meta. Like, I have almost no experience with Dating Simulator visual novel games. i played a few, mostly in, like, high school, but this game threw me for a loop that i just wasn't able to predict i did know going in that the game was not what it was supposed to be this isn't a spoiler the first thing you see when you start the game up it's like this game has extremely what's the word okay so it's like this oh no. this game has extremely disturbing and traumatizing events do you consent to seeing disturbing and traumatizing content and i was like well, if anyone going in here thinks this is a dating simulator at this point, uh, they just—they probably just didn't even read it. It might—they might have just thought it was a EULA and just like, yeah, get out of there. But it says it again. It's like there are tr- there's trigger warnings. You can have trigger warnings in the game. You'll have trigger warnings, and it ha- it contains spoilers. So every time every time you get to something disturbing, you can consent there also. So if you're just hitting yes to everything, you're gonna play the game with trigger warnings. You fool. I've been thinking about this game every day, like since I played it. I don't know why. Like, I'll think of the theme song of the game because the game does a lot of, like, playing with the theme song, like, distorting it. When, and so you're like, something wrong's happening, I think. I'm not sure, you know. But it's really awesome. It, I encourage everyone to go out and try it. Even if you don't, like, if you vehemently do not like visual novels, you're not going to like this game. But if you're open oh, to these kinds of experiences, um, just trust. That it changes because it is a visual novel for like an hour and a half, two hours. You're like, you are going through all of the girls, you know, falling in love with you and stuff. But the whole thing okay. was, is like, That's oh, fine. fuck. I wanna I'm not sp- gonna play it. Okay, I'm gonna spoil something. Just beep it out, okay? But I'm gonna spoil it for you. Everyone who's seen the memes, they already know what I'm about to say. But there's a point in this game where. Uh, you have, like, a childhood friend that's falling in love with you. And then about halfway through the first playthrough, you you find out she has to... <laughs> and she's very... <laughs> and really, she just wants you to be happy okay. so that... Like, to find new friends so that she... <laughs> and she goes ahead and... <laughs> bleep both of those out. But whenever you walk in there, the game was getting so intense with these three girls trying to fight over your affection that... Whenever she did do it, I was like, oh, thank God. So, like, thank God. Because this was getting horrifying. Like, just me, my social anxiety was, like, through the roof, just trying to get through this. And uh, it's, it's almost, like, horrible for me. But, um, yeah, whenever you, find, uh, your, whenever you find your friend hanging out in a room, the whole game becomes incredibly meta. Like, there's, there's just an infinite amount of fourth wall breaks. It's very fun from that point of view. I never really thought it was scary. But, I could see how people would be scared by what was being displayed but as as far as like content, it's very tame It's just that if you're empathizing with these fake people, then uh you will oh, feel feelings some you will feel something whenever things progress doki doki literature club uh it's popular for a reason, and it's on consoles now, not a bad port. But it does have a fucked-up achievement. Oh, no. As does this game that we are reviewing today. And they're both the same kind of achievement. Get, like, everything. It's like the achievements for getting everything mm-hmm. just don't fucking work on the Xbox. So that's Are you supposed to
0: platinum on then?
1: I don't know. I, I assume the Platinums worked. I, I assume they trigger normally <laughs> on the PlayStation Good. side. That's generally how these things fucking go. Because the only reason why those achievements exist is because they made the games with the Platinum in mind. And then just ported the list over to the Xbox directly. Because they're different ecosystems so it results in things being all fucked up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Makes sense.
1: Anyway, um, I was gonna ask you, oh, you're playing Teamfight Tactics but I saw TFT and I just did not know what that meant at first. I was just staring well, at Dave, it. Well,
0: Dave, Teamfight Tactics or TFT as the kids call it I don't know if you've heard of it, <clears throat> but it is a auto chess battler made by our friends over at Rito Games from our League of Legends from last episode. Was it last episode? Yes. Yeah, that was last episode. Uh, over the weekend, me and Jana played a whole bunch of it, maybe ten matches in one day or something like that. Those Those matches are, are long, so. but not anymore. They really shorten them down. They even have like a high roller mode, which is like a ten minute match, where they just like lower everybody's health to twenty, and they raise everybody's like experience games. There's a whole bunch. It's basically Earth for like team fight. Every th- I probably yeah. would actually exactly. enjoy
1: playing it then. Because yeah, it's really fun. That was one of the things was when I would play it, I would be like, it is taking me so long to die because I would just have the worst luck <laughs> oh, I was no. watching everyone have fun.
0: Well, I even got to the point where I was looking up like, what's the meta build? Like, what are the top three teams? And once I started building the top three teams, I was getting, I think I got like one first place and then I was staying either second or third for like the rest of the games. And that's with me not being experienced in this new set besides, you know, this couple YouTube videos I watched. It's fun, but I'm also kind of doing that thing where I find a competitive game and I'm like, "Time to win," and I start looking at builds and mid maxing. Like, where it almost takes the yeah, as our mid maxing, <clears throat> I'm like, "Is this fun anymore?" I can't tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I burn out very fast in competitive games like that. Also, like I have to be playing the game in a stupid way because the moment I let that switch get flipped, I become a fucking monster that I cannot control. <laughs> until until whatever happens yeah. happens. And so um, I know that about myself.
0: Alright, Nave. So that pretty much covers the games we've been playing. So let's take a quick Oh break. we're done?
1: You wanna let me talk about Resident Evil? Oh yeah, we
0: can talk more. I not know you had more games I, to play.
1: I got like we can only, we can just talk about Resident Evil.
0: Alright, so what's going on with Resident Evil?
1: Uh Resident Evil Village, I beat it over the weekend because a Sacred Symbols, they did a spoiler cast for Resident Evil. I kinda just wanted to hear it. Uh, Because I was, like, right at the end. I was, like, the second-to-last boss fight for a long time, and I kind of set it aside because we are doing so much stuff with the podcast. And so I ended up beating the game under the assumption that I was like, okay, I'll beat this game and then delete it, whatever, like I do for most games. At the end of Resident Evil 8, I I think I said 6 earlier, I, I was playing Resident Evil 8. Whenever you beat the game the first time, you unlock the extra content store, which lets you buy, like... Different kinds of weapons. It lets you buy infinite ammo for weapons and all kinds of crazy shit. So I like bought Chris Redfield's assault rifle and gave it infinite ammo. And I kind of fucked myself over also because because it was like you can use all the stuff in New Game Plus. I'm like, oh cool. Well in New Game Plus I was like, what pistol do you use? Oh you use the Lemmy. And so in order to get infinite ammo for the main weapons, you have to upgrade them all the way and then get all of their parts. So that they're, like, as strong as possible. That's the only way you can get infinite ammo. Now, there was another weapon. Like, any weapon that doesn't have any upgrades or anything, like the grenade launcher, you can just immediately go in and Mm -hmm. buy it. Or any weapon that you buy from the shop itself. Like, extra content shop. Like, Chris Redfield's assault rifle. So, I had enough points to get Chris Redfield's assault rifle, and I googled the points and stuff. And I was like, I have enough points to get infinite ammo for the beginner pistol and the beginner shotgun as well. So I went back to my last save that I could go to the store in, and I just sold everything, bought – I maxed out both of those guns, and then saved, and then went back to the extra content shop. Now, this messed me up because when you start a new game plus, you spawn with all of your inventory that you had before <laughs> you beat the game. Yeah.
0: So so you sold everything.
1: Well, no, because I sold – I didn't beat the boss like that. That wasn't the save that carried over. But uh, oh, okay. I did have all of the late game... I had the late game assault rifle and pistol and shotgun and stuff, right? Not infinite ammo. So now I'm playing through hard yeah. mode. I was actually playing through hard mode. <laughs> like, struggling again. And all... as so, Because the Chris Redfield assault rifle, I had to go and get it from the Duke, the merchant of the game, who's fucking awesome. That is, like, an hour into the game. You have to, like, fight to get to him. And so... I don't know. It was really annoying. But now that I've got the assault rifle, I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and beat this. I had to drop it down to normal. so Because I, I was like, I, I don't have any ammo because I'm fresh off of that boss fight at the end. I used everything. And and I'm not getting the ammo I need. Like, I've got a shotgun that, like, it just shoots bullets, like, so fast. And so it's like, I'm just going to drop it down to difficult, normal difficulty, beat the game again. I'll have a bunch of completion points because I'm just beating all these challenges with this infinite ammo assault rifle. And... I'll buy like a I'll buy the Magnum probably in this in uh this instance since I'll be so powerful. And it's so fun because I don't know, there's some real joy you get when you go through this game that used to be real hard and scary and you were scavenging to survive with an infinite ammo machine gun just gunning everything down, like gunning the bosses <laughs> oh, yeah. down. It's such joy that I don't feel in most games. Like I barely ever play a game a second time immediately after beating it, but it's like I'm beating this game. I'm almost done. It's been like a day and a half since I started this, and I'm almost done with the second playthrough, and I'm already planning my p- my third playthrough. I'm like, okay, so I want to get the achievement for not spending 10,000 gold, so I'm going to beat the game, and then I'm going to go back to my last save like I did, spend all my money, buy all of like this- these badass guns and upgrade everything as much as I can, and then go into my third playthrough on not hard, but the hardest difficulty, like Legendary or whatever. It's like Village of Shadows difficulty. Yeah. And I'm going on that difficult. I'm just skipping hard. I'm probably going to have like an infinite ammo magnum and an infinite ammo grenade launcher. I'm just going to be a, a madman going through that whole game. And I'm so pumped because there's so many parts of the beginning that I had struggled through. And I'm just thinking about how fun, much fun I'm having now. i go back and have double the vengeance. It's like, oh.
0: Yeah, it almost sounds like it's going to turn into like Serious Sam where you're just like running through, blowing through everything.
1: Yeah. Well, really cuz even even having the infinite ammo assault rifle is trivializing a lot of things, but that assault rifle, you still need to shoot them like most guys you need to shoot three or four times. Um but the big guys, you still need to shoot like a, half a clip, maybe a full clip into them and sometimes two clips for the really really big guys. And so they'll get a hold of you. I've still died a couple of times because I'm like just I'm not moving. I'm just standing still, unloading a sh- assault rifle into a, a person, and they catch me. <laughs> yeah. And because I'm like, oh, I thought that I was going to kill them, and I haven't healed in like an hour and a half, so I'm at like low, low really low health, and I just die right then. I'm like, oh, well, uh, the, the game has checkpoints on normal, so it's fine. But yeah, the game yeah. is unbelievable. It's so fun. I I'm so shocked at how much fun I'm having because I you know it's like you you play these horror games and it's they're always very slow paced and there are parts in this game that are slow like the beginning especially and then there's this part in a dollhouse that's phenomenal the first time you play through it but the second time you play through it it is so slow and agonizing you just like because they take all your guns away so you, and it becomes like outlast You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, uh, but it's so cool. I'm like looking at everything like, oh, that's it's pretty at least, but I'm walking at one mile an hour. (laughs) Like, uh, it's whatever. Yeah. I'm fixing to go kill Heisenberg probably tomorrow and we'll probably play some destiny, which it says you're playing, but we can talk about that on its own episode. Yeah. Whenever that may be. Now let's take a break.
0: Okay. Nate, what have you been up to recently?
1: Well, um, this is going to date the podcast, but just recently got off a of 4th of July weekend. You went mm-hmm. and saw your family. Me and Maddie, we went on a date to a new arcade in town over at the mall. And I can understand why she wanted to go so bad. She was basically like pulling me out of bed. She was like, hey, you remember how we were going to go on a date? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's go to the arcade. <sighs> okay. Arcade. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, I got so many video games right here, but let's go to the arcade. And when we got there, this place was weeb fucking central, dude. Over It was a huge arcade and, inside this mall. Yeah. And over half of the games, like one half of the store was just dedicated to Japanese rhythm games. And okay, most okay. of them were just in straight-up Japanese with no English translation. So you just had to wing it. Really? Yeah, so like... We we got this uh, in the Rock Band 3 episode. You were talking about uh, guitar freaks. They had guitar freaks yeah. cabinets. I sent you a picture of them. So
0: yeah, I was looking at them like, where is this?
1: There's two. There was two guitar hero guitars. I mean, guitar freaks guitars. And then right next to it was a full on E kit, like a drum set. And mm-hmm. so we sat there and played that for like 45 minutes because I was like, I have to, I have to get on this thing. And unfortunately, it's really hard. Because it's all like yeah, it's all it. like J-rock. Yeah and I have no idea what I'm playing. So it so unfortunately that makes it hard <laughs> to keep rhythm. But um also there's three cymbals, four pads, so there's a snare, high tom, mid tom, and then the floor tom, and then you have your foot pedal, the the kick drum, uh and then you have a second foot pedal on the left that is the uh hi hat uh, foot pedal, which you know opens and yeah. closes the hi hat. Well <clears throat> unfortunately each of these buttons has a representing button on the screen now this is horrible design because it makes your eye it's like you have to memorize for quite a while because there's so many buttons where everything is whereas if you play rock band you can get like a uh, you can get symbols for the rock band uh set yeah. and so if you remember how the rock band looks and as opposed to guitar hero guitar hero has circle gems Rock band has little rectangular gems. But if you're playing on Pro drums with the symbols, it turns the symbol gems into circles. So they're very noticeable. But because since it's it'll it'll be a yellow pad and then a yellow symbol, green pad uh green pad, green symbol, blue pad, blue symbol. Right? So if it's a symbol, it's a circle, if it's a pad, it's a pad, and there will never be it will never be blue pad, blue symbol at the same time. And so it makes it really easy and intuitive to learn from going no symbols straight to the symbols you can instantly get the feeling for it this game it was like oh i was in narnia but the <laughs> the most fun how wide was the track it was the whole screen it was a huge monitor that you're sitting in front of and it's the oh whole God. monitor it looks like you're fucking doing making a midi piano track in soundcloud or whatever or whatever those fucking apple what is it uh Fruity, garage fruity Loops. Yeah, GarageBand. It looks like you're fucking doing something yeah. like that. It's awful. I'm sure you get used to it, but that was very fun. We played a lot of Dance Dance Revolution. I realized how old I'm getting because I got very fucking tired after the first three songs. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm exhausted. I have to stop playing this game, unfortunately. But they were like... 80 claw machines, dude. There were like three – like a casino with, uh, with slot machines. There were tons of claw machines. And they were Japanese claw machines, traditional ones, called UFO catchers. Now, if you keep playing Yakuza 0, you'll get to the Sega arcade and you will find these, Yaku- these uh, arcade catchers. Whenever I found them in Yakuza, I thought it was very strange because when you play them, you hold down the A button and then the claw moves to the right. And then the moment you let go of the A button, it stops. And then you hold down the A button, and it goes back, let go, and it stops. And then the claw drops. And I was like, that's really weird, but that's just goofy, quirky Japanese design. Maybe they thought it would be too easy if yeah. you moved the claw with the stick. Well, that is how these claw machines work. They don't have a joystick at all. They have two buttons, the left button and then the up button. And you just move the claw that way. What's even more interesting is that... They didn't have a ton of toys in them. They each had one toy. Oh, And so dang. you had to – there was one toy literally just sitting above the place where it drops, and there were little uh, hands holding the toy there. The strategy was not to use the claw to grab the toy. The strategy was to use the claw to push the toy down out of the hands because the h- claw would not grab the toy no matter what you did.
0: Yeah, because they were usually bad.
1: Well, the claws are usually bad, but – American claw machines will grab the toy like yeah. because they have to pick the toy up and take it to the hole and drop it, whereas this toy is just sitting above the hole, literally just waiting to be pushed down, but the little hands are holding it there now, probably on like my eighth or ninth try, I got Maddie a toy here. I can go show it to you actually. it's pretty cool. Wait All did right, you see, see it already? You. No okay, let me go show you I'm not kidding it was this something out. it was something she really wanted to, so but it's a little sushi cat.
0: ooh, nice, it looks it's good. fucking awesome, yeah. It's a very round cat, listeners at home.
1: It's a Mochipuni Pinkyan Minma.
0: Wow, you can't say that on the air. I'm going to have to bleep that out.
1: Yeah, if you guys want to Google that. I think Minma is this, this thing. Like, it's, I think that's a little shrimp roll or something.
0: Okay, yeah, it looks like it has a weird, like, curvy swirl on its stomach. I,
1: yeah, it's like a pink swirl in white. I think that goes in ramen. Minma. Mochipuni Pinkyan. Pikyan. I think Pikyan is its name. And then I don't know what the fuck that word is at the beginning. Anyway. I
0: don't speak Spanish. Moving on.
1: Um, yeah. So then we ended up spending $60 on the claw machines after I won that. So <laughs> we got really high good, on life. Good. It was really, really fun. And one thing I wish I noticed was each of these claw machines. Had a, so, okay. So like I said, there's only one toy in them, right? Yeah. Which means that whenever you won, that means somebody has to go in and grab another toy from the back of the machine and put it on that little uh, grabber thing. Well, I witnessed someone open that machine up and put the toy in. When he opened it up, he reached his hand to the top, and then he reached out and grabbed a toy. And so I was like, what did he just do? And so I looked up at the top, and there's a clicker in there. (gasps) So he's like, like, someone wanted a toy here, so he clicked the clicker. And so I was like, what? And so I walked around to each machine, and each one was like, zero, one. Is Is this the... late afternoon they were closing in like three hours this machine has won zero times this machine's won, one. this machine's won one this machine's won one this machine's won zero and i'm like oh my god no one's winning at these and i went and i looked at one the one that we played and it said three so i was the third one to win right so i was like yeah. oh we got we just picked a good machine just randomly so i walked around the whole place and only one other one had about at least three and it had five and yeah. i was like what a good. Why machine. didn't we play this? We had already spent sixty bucks. So Maddie was like, "No, we're not playing." <laughs> but, but um, I was like, "Damn! If only I knew about those clickers the first time, because it's like finding the the slot machine that's ever that's hot, you know, and people yeah. are winning on, you know." But now I know. I, if we ever go back, man, I know which. I'm gonna know which machine is which.
0: That sounds awesome. I really, I'd like to go to something like that.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty odd. Like if it was just a regular arcade, I probably would have been bummed and bored the whole time. But um, seeing all like of an these games,
0: pizza or like a, a Chuck E. Cheese type thing. Yeah,
1: there's because like there was this one game, this rhythm game, and you just touched a point. It kind of looked like a, well, it didn't look like, but it played like um Osu if you have ever heard of that game. No. Okay. Well, it, it's like it pull it's like there's a point, and then there. Oh, okay. You know um. On the 3D uh, – or on the regular Nintendo DS, uh, Beat Elite Agents. Do you remember that game? No. Oh, God, I Wait, thought – Wait, is this a
0: you- game where it's like a circle in the center and you push buttons around the outside?
1: No. it's There's three agents dancing and then there's dots popping and then there's like a little thing getting closer to the circle. And so whenever the thing overlaps the circle, you touch the circle. Okay. Okay, well, anyway, you do that to a beat, which is cool because it had attorney, uh, it had fucking ace attorney music, it had Street Fighter music, it had uh, uh, Castlevania Mega Man music. So I was like, That's pretty cool. I was like, fucking playing Meg- Rockman's theme, like fucking, yeah, just like <laughs> rocking out. I, all of the instructions are in Japanese. And even more obnoxious for me, anyway, was they were, it was the thing giving you the instructions was a little cat. So it, you heard the word nyan, like, Ninety-nine oh, times in the space of like a three-minute tutorial, it would be like, "Okay, hey, Philip Nyan, Philip Nyan, what are you gonna Nyan do Nyan?" And I was <laughs> like, I was like, "Oh God!" I, every time I hear that word. Well, but, that um, is
0: Japanese for meow, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, supposed to be what it is. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> because you know, cats have an accent over there.
1: <laughs> they got they gotta. Otherwise, how would you know they were a cat?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense.
1: When you talked to them,
0: Nave, have you heard about this whole Sony? <laughs> Microsoft, Nintendo thing on Twitter? <laughs> no,
1: don't do that like that. <laughs> okay, so I wrote I wrote in the notes, <laughs> Microsoft, Sony, and Twitter, on Nintendo on Twitter. So there's, there's this goofy shit going on. I don't know if anyone knows, but we have a Facebook and a Twitter account. Philip basically runs the Facebook account. I basically run the Twitter account. So I've just been kind of perusing a little bit. So just recently, there was a Sony a uh, state of play, which is, like, if there's a bigger game coming out, they'll do a state of play. Sometimes they'll have a bunch of games in there. It's like a little mini, mini, mini E3 event. Well, everyone is expecting something awesome because they skipped uh, this year's E3, as everyone had noticed, because if they were there, the E3 might have been a little bit better. Because the only hey. people that had anything was Microsoft and, Sony, uh, Microsoft and Nintendo. So if Sony was there, at least they would have shown some video games, for fuck's sake. All right, so... They made a state of play, and it's for the game Deathloop that's coming out, the Bethesda-published game Deathloop, which is now owned by uh, Sony, which is now owned by Microsoft. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a timed exclusive for about a year, but the funniest thing was is that, you know, they're doing a state of play promoting a game, and every purchase that they make or every purchase that's made on PlayStation is going to give money to their competitor, Microsoft – so there's a bunch of memes going around like it's like it shows the state of play logo and then it shows uh, Xbox Game Studios so it's Xbox Game Studios State of Play. Yeah. And a lot of people are upset at, uh, for some reason at Sony for that. So it's not really that. It's that combined with they didn't really show anything else or something like that. I'm not sure. I never I didn't watch it. I was at work. So on top of that, there's been a a lot of rumors and leaks about a new Nintendo Switch. Have you heard of this?
0: Yes, I think they've already announced a lot of it with the O mm. L E D screen. And the so no major hardware. Everybody
1: <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you got the you're already in the story then. Yeah. Uh the everyone has been speculating the Switch is gonna be able to compete with the Xbox Series S, maybe mm-hmm. when it's docked. It maybe you'll be able to play games in uh ultra HD and four K and stuff like that when it's docked. But um Nintendo basically goes, Hey, here's the new Switch everyone's been talking about. It's got a OLED screen. Bye-bye now, and then they just stopped elaborating on anything else. That's well, the man, meme. It's like they, don't they dropped... do the
0: kickstand. That's it a reinforced quickstand. Or quickstand. Kickstand. A quicksand kickstand. Kick like I don't know if you noticed the kickstand on the old one, but it is crappy. I, but I don't one, use it.
1: I don't, that's how much I didn't know.
0: Yeah, there's a kickstand on the back. And every time you pop it out, it feels like you're going to snap it off the back of the Switch.
1: I probably would snap it. Everything about the Switch feels like I'm going to break it. So... Yeah. I, I don't play with it too much, because if I broke it, I'd be in trouble. Dang. Yeah, so everyone is pissed off at Nintendo for that. Everyone's pissed off at Sony for that. And so what does Microsoft do? All Microsoft has to do is come out and go, hey, uh, Game Pass, am I right? You know what I mean? Oh, and then, the then everyone be like, yay. No, yeah. no, no, no. No, no? Well, anything. Just any say. Just talk about anything positive, and everyone will be like, look at these guys doing everything right. Well, this is what they do instead. They came out with a fucking R&B music video of Game Pass. Have you seen this? No, I dude. It's it. fucking. It's so fun. I, I retweeted it on our page, on our Twitter page. It's a uh, game together. At Twitter, uh, it's uh, the at is on Twitter is a uh, game together. Fuck if I could just get my words correct. Is it's, it
0: the new Xbox Game Pass editions, game announcements, and all that
1: stuff? Okay, hold on. Sorry, cut all that shit out because I got I fucked it up okay. the at a million times. Uh, so our at on Twitter is at game not gaming together pod because that's too long. So and gaming together is obviously taken. So I had to Obvious. go game together pod. Well, I retweeted it. It's one of the last things I retweeted if well, I mean. Oh, I see it. There's gonna be more shit. If you want to listen to that, we can just have a moment of silence while you listen to it. You don't have to mm-hmm. listen to all of it, but it's very amusing, dude. It actually is very amusing.
0: Alright, I made it about halfway. That's enough, I think.
1: Yeah. You need okay, back to, I'm down from to. watching some, there's it. There's some, there's some memes on there too. There's the right next to that is the a Nintendo Switch meme with the Anakin Skywalker talking to Padme. Yeah,
0: it'll do 4K, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> That's the whole Nintendo community right now. Poor boys.
0: So that is a great drop from Xbox. I was expecting it to be bad. I it was definitely actually really the moment
1: good. you just see the uh, the fucking still. Oh, hold on! It's playing right now. It's uh, you see the still, and it's like, oh no, is this is going to be awful? And then you click on it, and it's actually very. It's not great, but it's like.
0: Well, no, it brings I, a
1: smile to one's face.
0: Yeah, I definitely like just like how they shot it because they like they tone up <laughs> all the lights. Yeah. So so everything has that glow around it, that glow effect. I don't even know how to describe it. Everything has like a halo. It's
1: like very saturated.
0: Yeah, and then it's like the Xbox is sitting on the mantelpiece, and like a curtain blows, and the sunlight comes in, and the Xbox powers on, and it's like (laughs) it's just like a, a woman sitting on her couch playing Sea of Thieves.
1: I'm almost listen. positive it is a parody of a song but I cannot put my finger on it. Like if I showed that to Maddie she'd probably be able to figure it out cuz her mom only listens to that kind of music, like the really sexual sensual R&B oh, music Oh, kind of it's what it's supposed it's what it's mimicking. I'm sure if it, people who are more literate in that genre uh listen to that they probably be like, "Oh, this is just a parody of whatever." But
0: yeah, good job uh Microsoft. Um I guess okay job <laughs> yeah. Sony and bad job Nintendo.
1: It was just like there's a, there's some memes going on where it's just like uh, it's like a baseball field where uh, Sony's they they're falling on their face and Nintendo's in the back like fall, falling down also and then Microsoft's just knocking out of the park but it's <laughs> like got the picture of those guys like just all four of them on his on yeah. their shirt and it's Xbox as a as the head it's just all that's all they needed to do was just not fuck up. And in fact, they did something really dumb and smug, and it was even better. The, the timing could not have been any better. That's just my whole Twitter feed is either fuck PlayStation or fuck Nintendo or or this this music video is funny. <laughs> Which, like, we don't want to peruse into the console wars. We are obviously a little biased towards Xbox because that's what we're playing mostly on right now. But I'm pretty sure if you had asked, Philip, you're probably more of a PC guy, right?
0: Uh, right? Lately, it's always been Xbox or for a while now. But yeah, like a, you know, PC and I, I have two switches in my household at this point.
1: Yeah, we like in in my house I have a I have an Xbox I have well this is gonna make me sound like an Xbox fanboy but I have the Series X I have two I have an Xbox One X an Xbox One S and then I have a, a PS4 and a Switch as well and we both have like these gaming computers even though my gaming computer is kind of uh, eating a eating a massive turd as far as its hard drive is concerned I need a new one. It's bad, which the reason why I have so many Xboxes is because the One X is my rock band machine, basically, exclusively now, and the 1S is a Netflix Hulu machine for our guest room whenever yes. people come and spend the night. They're able to just chill in there, or when we're playing Magic, we can turn on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. It basically, uh, Occasionally, we will play Rainbow Six Siege. Someone will be in there on that TV because... We ga- I game share across my two Xboxes in the different rooms. So that way we can download multiplayer games. The game that we're going to talk about today, uh, Operation Tango, is online only. So we're prob- me and Maddie will probably play this game within the next few months that way, playing on each TV just in the different rooms.
0: All right. Are you ready to move into our topic game? Yes, sir. All right, Nave. Our game this week, which you so uh, generously donated to the pod, was <clears throat> Operation Tango. So where where did you even hear of this game first off?
1: Well, I heard it off of Sacred Symbols where they do this thing called the drop where well, PlayStation blog does this thing called the drop where they just write down all of the games that are coming soon or that are releasing like imminently. And I heard about this game from that where they they he so he'll read the game name and he'll be like first person shooter Borderlands 3, you know what I mean? It's, it's releasing on yeah. PS5, and then he'll be like, you know, puzzle game Chess Master 3D is releasing, you know. So he did that. He's like, uh, so he's like online cooperative experience Operation Tango is releasing, and I was like, the, immediately I heard I was co-op. I was like, what? Yeah, because buzzwords. You <laughs> yeah, because you never hear that because it's like it's all it's almost always like a online shooter or whatever or you know what I mean. So you hear the word co-op, it's specifically I I was the, the first thing I thought was it takes two. And so I was like, okay, well I'm gonna Google this right the fuck now. Um, this game is really interesting because the Xbox version, there was never a Xbox version announced for a long time, and then maybe like three months or three or four months before the release date, I think they were like, oh, the Xbox, it, there's an Xbox version coming. Maybe they got good like pre-release sales or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Xbox is the Xbox edition's coming. So the release date comes, like when you Google it, it's like this is the release date. Cool. And I check True Achievements, which is a, a awesome Xbox achievement website that has, like, all the statistics and stuff. They always have, like, scanners uh, scraping Xbox's database for any information of anything. So any the moment that achievements pop up for any kind of game, they'll always update the achievement lists. So one of the first things I do when I look at a game, I look at their achievements. Well, this game didn't have an achievement list. So I was like, okay, that's a little odd. Well... I'm gonna to go to the news on True achievements and I'm going to just look through the new releases every week they release a new release schedule. And so I look on there and it shows today Tango uh, operation Tango releases, but they have absolutely no information under it, no store link and no achievement list unlike all of the other games. So I'm like messaging on the forums like what what is going on with this game like where is this game? Why isn't it on the Xbox Live Store? Because I checked there and it wasn't there either because I just wanted to buy it. And so no one gets back to me for like two days. And then on the third day, someone messages me directly and goes, hey, you were asking about the Operation Tango game. I emailed the developers and they said, oops, we didn't realize we didn't say the release date for the Xbox game. And so literally like a day after that, they were like, oh, the Xbox game's coming in the summer. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on with this game now? I'm like, now I'm worried. But then everyone was playing it on the PlayStation and Switch and Steam and whatever. And they were like, this game's fun. I don't know if it's on the Switch. I don't think it is, actually. And I kind of got, you know, simmered down a little bit. I was like, this game will just release one day and I'll just see it, you know. It's the same way that Doki Doki Literature Club was. I bought them around the same time. Like, I just noticed them on the store one day. And I was like, oh, shit. The games I want, and so I fucking bought them. (laughs) But um, that's probably going to be a running joke. I went a little long on that one, too. So why don't you give us a brief description of the game?
0: Okay, so it's definitely a co-op experience. Co-op is required. You take the control of two agents. One is an elite hacker man who is working on a remote (laughs) computer location. And the other one is a field operative who is basically James Bond in her way through different... Kind of like technologically based locations.
1: I think the funniest part is that the female agent, the one who's doing all the field work, is one of the most noticeable human beings yes. on the face of the planet. Like you would spot her instantly because she has this enormous afro, and everybody else in this game is just bland looking. You know, because that's where all the resources went was to the main the characters. Design. Yeah, and so <laughs> she just you can spot her from miles away <laughs> in a crowd yeah. just like look at that person that person's different she even has a the giant giant afro kind of.
0: that is cartoonishly big so it's like she's super obvious as yeah. far as it's, spies go
1: it's like i think it's a cool design but i just think it's funny that she's the <laughs> she's the agent that is running around doing everything it makes me think of uh if you've ever seen austin powers gold member have you, you and you have a foxy cleopatra yeah she's a whole lot of woman And uh, that's who she makes me think of, though. At at
0: this point, like, one person's always feet on the ground, uh, running through, uh, like, going through doors and whatnot. But those doors, a lot of them are locked because they don't want intruders. So That's where Hacker Man comes in. And so it's up to Hacker Man to put in the code, but he doesn't know the code because he's not on the ground. So the field off will, she'll go in there, she'll go over to, like, the admin desk and look at the sticky note that says door password do not share and then read the <laughs> sticky note to the hacker man who will then punch in the sticky note number and unlock the door
1: that's and an actual do, like scenario not yeah. the sticky note part and it's actually the opposite because the hacker man takes control of a robot and then goes to the other side of a door and goes this is the, it just says this is the code confidential <laughs> on the other <laughs> side of the door You're like so what do you do when you come to from when you come to work and you forget the code, so you have to like wait for someone to be on the other side and be like, give me that code, it's right there. <laughs> and, uh, it's confidential, I'm sorry. <laughs> now yeah. I can't go to lunch because you're standing there without the code. Yep. That's some, u- that's some unique design. That's the kind of office I want to work in because that makes you have to problem solve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want
0: to problem solve just to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave. So you talked about earlier with Resident Evil, like it's not common for you to play through another game. Right after you beat it, right? Uh, yes. But we did it, right with this game right here.
1: <laughs> we are very thorough.
0: Yeah, we beat it yesterday, and then we, which where I was the hacker man and you were the field agent, and then we came back today and we were like, hey, like you don't get to see both sides of the game unless you are that character. So we swapped back, and I was the field agent today. And you, yeah, were the
1: game man. is it's literally a different game for each person. Like the puzzles are the same, but they not exactly the same. Some of them, some of them are exactly the same, but the way that you approach the puzzle is completely different. There are, there's only six missions in the whole game, right? But I think there's two missions straight where the hacker man is only looking at a screen and that's it. The whole time you're on a screen looking through tabs of information like messing around with like codes and stuff. And uh and it's very it's very strange. Like I was talking to Philip, I was like, Hey, why don't you stream this game on uh the uh Twitch channel for our podcast, which I don't know the name of, but I would like to shamelessly plug. Do you know the name? Of what? Of the pod- of the podcast's Twitch channel, Philip.
0: Oh, you mean uh T V dot Twitch slash gaming together pod?
1: Okay, see I didn't know if it had pod at the end or not. It did. I was like, Philip, why don't you stream this game? And he was like, this is one, this would be one of the most uninteresting games to watch someone play. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm like in meat space. I'm like walking around looking at all this stuff. I'm like, look at all this shit that I'm looking at. Well, now that I've played his point of view, over half of the levels are just the most uninteresting thing to look at. It, it would be more yeah. fun to watch someone do math in Microsoft exp- uh, Excel sheets than watch someone play this game. Because it's all problem solving and like communication puzzles. So one person's physically doing stuff and the other person's, like, manipulating uh, electronic, you know, frequencies or, like, putting in codes or something. But, like, but that means that one person has to be looking at fucking camera feeds or whatever, you know? Like, it's not worse, the other play style, but it definitely warrants two playthroughs, especially since you will know generally what to do the second time through, if you want to elaborate on that. Which
0: we'll touch on that later. Oh, okay. Uh, But I think it more comes back to, like, Knowing what you need to do. Like, we did play through playthrough twice, and the second playthrough was so much faster. Because the first playthrough took a little over three <clears throat> hours, probably. The second one was, like, maybe two hours. And that was with a couple, like, a soft lock at one point.
1: We'll get into the, both of those things. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now that we did a brief description of the game, let's go right into the history of the game. So, have you ever heard of the indie studio Clever Plays?
1: Uh, no, but they're in Montreal, which is an yes. Easter egg in the game.
0: Shout out to our uh, Canadian listeners.
1: Yeah, and then we're taking the shout out back because this person's name pisses me off. Oh, you can't pronounce his name. The go ahead the, and you pronounce it first.
0: Okay, um,
1: Matt Tuo, Beignet. That's. I would say it's Matt 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 U, Matt oh Matt you, Matt, you. and yeah, then, Beggin, Matt U Beggin <laughs> v- Okay, it's one of those seven pronunciations take your pick yeah maddie you're not gonna be able to
0: i'm sorry we messed up your name
1: you're not gonna be able to spell it if you're canadian maybe you can like from the french part of canada i don't even know how canada works anyways i know there are some french parts that where they speak french
0: yeah like i think montreal is still actually owned by france it's like a foreign national city type situation
1: i don't believe you it's
0: true look it up but anyway i'm not gonna they're an indie (laughs) studio and their other hit game is Leap of Fate. Have you ever heard of this one?
1: Uh. Because I haven't. I was gonna say I think so, but I think I'm thinking of. Do you know that game that came for Games of Gold? It's like Something of Fate, but it's about cards. It's. I think it's Something of Fate like that. No, I have no it idea. Is you're talking about it is not Leap of Fate. It is not Leap okay. of Fate, though. Well, it's I like no a twin stick is.
0: roguelike shooter or something like that. See, now I, really look at it.
1: now I want to know what that game is.
0: And they only have eight employees in their studio, which is pretty crazy, but I think we'll see when we start talking about more about the game and some of its problems. Also, these guys don't have a Wikipedia page. Nothing about old Matty or their studio. There's just nothing about these guys out there.
1: I'm never going to find this game. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I know. Good luck. All right, so that's pretty much all there is on the history of this game. Uh, if you're expecting as much coverage as Riot had last time. I'm sorry. There's not much out there for these guys.
1: Well, Philip was like, I really want to play Destiny more. And I'm like, I kind of do too. But we were planning on doing Destiny here, and we didn't have a game in in line. So Philip went through like four different arcade games trying to connect to people online and couldn't. So he was like, don't even bother downloading those games. And I just so happened to have this game. And so I was like, I don't think we're going to connect to each other, but let's try and we did connect. I don't know, I don't know what God we've angered with all of those other games, but He was fine with this one coming out, and so, which is cool because we're a co-op podcast. This is appropriate.
0: Yeah, like this game is like right in our wheelhouse. So
1: well, I don't even wait. What, were we, what question are we talking about?
0: Uh, we were just covering the history of the game, and then we were about to move on to the crunchy game mechanics, which we're moving oh, yeah. right along. So we should probably take a quick break. And we're back. All right, Nave. Is there a game mechanic you would like to highlight?
1: Uh, let's talk about the lock picking, because that—that's uh, probably wanna start the start. Bad. That's that's the most prominent game, like little mini game you're going to have to go through. You're going to do okay. the lock picking mini game probably about, I would say, twenty five to thirty times throughout this very short game.
0: But it was enjoyable each time you did it, right?
1: Um, I would say it's about as enjoyable as me think of a mundane thing it's about as enjoyable as having to do your taxes
0: i don't know I, th- I was thinking it was about enjoyable as pulling your keys out of your pocket to unlock your door and then switching to the right key because that was about about you know about how much fun i had
1: <laughs> i would say pulling your keys out of your pocket and then dropping them and then bending <laughs> down and kind of bumping your head but not hard it didn't hurt but you yeah. bumped your head and so you're like oh god i hope nobody saw that <laughs> as you hurriedly get back into your car that's probably about as fun as it is.
0: Yeah, because like the whole point is basically a sliding block puzzle where each of us have different colored blocks. Like, I can only slide green, and you can only slide yellow or orange or whatever. I have to move my block out of the way so you can slide by. And that's okay for one step of the puzzle, but it gets to the point where there's three different blocks that need to be moved. And to move one of those blocks, you have to move one block, and then I have to move another block. And they just try to make it more complex And they do make it more complex, but they just make it more time-consuming. Because we instantly, looking at the puzzle, we're like, I know what we need to do. It's just now we have to do it, which is time-consuming and annoying.
1: Yeah, it wasn't so bad the first playthrough, but it was the second playthrough where we were like, our favorite part, it's time to do it. Here we go, lock pick in. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the worst. I would say it's tied for worst- with another mini game that you have to do, I would say moderately often. But at least this mini game made us laugh.
0: Yeah, and I think you know what funny I'm talking about, about. Lock picking, but the ball sliding. There was another one where it's like, okay, so you know those Ma- little like
1: <laughs> clipping <laughs> yeah. ball sliding
0: ball sliding. You know those little games where it was like, oh, you need to rotate it to get the ball to roll down into like a hole, but there's like stuff in the way, like there's little grid like, 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 sign
1: four or five of those in Resident Evil Village. But they're fucking quick and easy and nice. So it's well this and optional. Like
0: you can't do this fast paced. And every time you do it it's to reveal an IP address. Which you have to do four times because there's four different units in the IP address or like segments. And each time it's like I can make the ball go left and right and Nave can make the ball go up and down.
1: One thing it's reminiscent of Which I'm sure, I mean, it's just just a coincidence. But um, there's one moment in It Takes Two that is uh, similar to this where you are controlling a pencil. And so whoever's playing the man is on bottom and he's going left and right. And whoever's playing the woman is going up and down. She's like on the top of the pencil. And so it's the same exact kind of mechanic. Except
0: they did it once. Yeah, (laughs) They did it once. That's exactly
1: what I was about to say.
0: So, yeah, and that's the problem is like, oh, we think like, okay, yeah, we'll just work together and we'll control the thing. Well, the walls are instant death if you touch them. It's not like you can just bump into a wall and slide along. No, it restarts the puzzle with you back to where you are.
1: It which makes – the the thing that made us laugh is because you would restart instantly, which is always the best way to restart. It would yeah. immediately reset everything and you would be back at the beginning. And already moving usually because sometimes whenever it would happen, you wouldn't expect to hit the, you didn't expect at the wall, but you just barely, barely touch the corner, and you'll restart and immediately just shoot up straight up (laughs) into the wall again, and then restart and then shoot into the wall again and then restart and everyone's like, ah, ah, like just, just trying to, what's going on?
0: You get in this super meat boy style rhythm where you're just like throwing your death ball. Through these death walls, trying to make it to the little hole on the other side. And there were so many points where it's like, all right, Nave, we just need to hold on a second. But it'll have like a tilt or something like that where you're constantly moving down and to the left. So you have to fight it with your very sensitive little touchy controls where you're just like, all right, got I got to stay in this spot. But then one of us will just tap a little bit too far, and we'll get we'll get rolling. The momentum will just stick with us, and we'll just model Blast Ultra roll off the edge into the wall. And we're like, no! We were so
1: close. And you'll, you'll get towards the end, and you'll mess up, and you always have probably three or four lives <laughs> yeah. that you have to recover from it. Because you're just devastated. You were just almost at the end. These things never lasted long. They were only like... Like if you got if you got from the beginning to the end of this puzzle in the first try it probably yeah. take you like four to ten seconds. But that's the thing is that once you got to the second half of the puzzle, where there's always a tilt in one direction, you're not getting you're not doing it the first try. You're constantly just yeah. barely and hitting so it a, pixel a, of a wall ten second puzzle or something.
0: A five minute puzzle to stretching on depending on how shook or tilted we were <laughs> from gravely crashing. And that's the other thing is there's this game does offer hints if you get stuck, which we never ended up needing to use except for whenever we were softlock and had no idea why the game was broken. There's no skipping if you don't understand a puzzle or you can't beat a puzzle. Like, they literally expect you to brute force this till you get it right. And we did.
1: Which is interesting because the very last mission of the game, the first time we went through, did not give us nearly as much trouble as the second time we went through um i'll explain why later but i feel like the first time we went through i just kind of brute forced my way through it like i didn't realize what was ever happening i was just like i'm going you know you like you told me where to go and i was like i will just keep going until i don't die when i go when i go in that direction which eventually just worked oh dude yeah so So you wrote evidence we've been been
0: bashing some bad puzzles so let me do a quick good one so in the same level for evidence room you have to disguise yourself as a janitor, which of course you're an agent with an afro doing front flips into the thing, and it's like disguise. It's like just like a janitor would look like. It's like what? Yeah. This is not what janitors look like. I don't think. But you go into the <laughs> office and it's like we need to get past the. security It is
1: checkpoint. very not serious, though. That yeah. that is important to hit on. No, this game is not trying all. to be serious. It's like we need to
0: get past the security checkpoint. And I was the hacker man, and I'm like, okay, uh, what do you got in there? Like, what info do you have? And you're, like, first you pulled up, like, a board. It's, like, oh, uh, today Pauline's supposed to come in at 7 a.m. And it's 5 a.m. now. And I'm, like, okay, cool. Then you pull up, like, a handbook for the employees. And it's, like, janitorial staff is authorized to arrive, like, two hours early on shift if they're scheduled that day. And it's, like, oh, we didn't know we needed Pauline's thing. Instead, we just had, like, a list of all these different people and their different shift times. And you're, like, oh, Pauline is supposed to come in. At 7, but based on the user manual, she can be here two hours early. And I'm like, awesome. I'm going to print you as Pauline's ID card so you can get through. And I thought this was so cool because it took logic of understanding. We needed an ID card. We had a user manual explaining how the security system worked. And we had a list of people and their scheduled work times. And putting that all together, we made a key code that would lay, not a key code, but a key card that would let you get through the scanner i thought that was so cool
1: Yeah, the first playthrough of this game has a lot of moments like that where we genuinely are collaborating. We are completely disassociated from each other. We have no clue what I... I have no clue what he's looking at. He has no clue what I'm looking at. And you can describe it to each other, but, like, you're not gonna get it. Especially, like, everything he ever described to me whenever we played it the first time, whenever I switched roles to play the second playthrough, I had a completely different imagination of what he was looking at. Like, everything I I saw, I did not expect it to look like that you have multiple different moments in this game where you where i'm like i don't know what i'm doing and he's like where are you at the first floor and i'm like yeah yeah And he's like okay well it says we need to get to the third floor i'm like oh well there's an elevator over here and he's like well he's like okay well, just go up the elevator then and i'm like okay it's not letting me go in there and he's like okay hold on and so he's messing around i'm walking around just looking at stuff and he's like wait okay i found elevator codes uh do you have like a serial number And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, I think. And I'll go in there, look for the serial number. And when I find it, I'm telling him the, the number. And he's like, okay, cool, I've hacked the elevator. You know, it, it's like things like that where you're just ping ponging back and forth like information. Like I'm giving him a bunch of visual information and he's giving yeah, it me really came the technical to, information that I need.
0: It really came down to knowing what the keyword or what we were looking for to progress the puzzle at that point. Because every level and area was a puzzle box. That we were unlocking to go deeper into i would walk into a room and this became super obvious the second go around because i knew what the key items were because you would open up a file and you would see oh the person's name the person's date of birth their crime code their evidence identifier number and i would know oh we are going to need the evidence identifier number because then you can look it up in the log book what will give you the crime code identifier that you can look up in a different dictionary book that will identify what this is all categorized under to find the item that we're looking for back in the evidence room. And that was the problem is
1: that was the thing is that like we only had like half of that information each. So it especially the first time through, we really were no, yeah. had no idea. So for like 20 minutes, we were just trying to brute force the puzzle and like cheese it. Genuinely, what he described was what you needed to do. And it sounds easy enough to deduce that when you're hearing it like that. Or if it was all laid out, all like that, you'd be able to understand. But when you only have some information and you have no clue what – like I have no clue what Philip's looking at. And so for the most – for for all intents and purposes, we're looking at the same list of shit because it's basically the same thing except I'm looking at criminals and he's looking at like – or he's yeah. looking – uh, I'm looking at like detectives and he's looking at criminals, right? And he's looking at the crime, crime codes and I'm looking at the, the locker numbers or whatever. So it's like we had to ping pong back and forth to each other because I'm like – he's like, okay, well – this is the serial number for the gun. And I'm like, okay, well, the serial number for that gun goes to this locker. Well, that's – you can go to that locker and find the gun, whatever. That, that's, a, that's a false lead. So you go back and you're like, okay, well, this thing, the person who lost this gun, this is the crime code. And he would be like, oh, I have a crime code book. And so he looks through the crime code book, finds it. It's, it's awesome. Whenever we realized what was going on and we started just rolling and rolling and rolling with the information, it felt really good to beat that level the first time. And I was excited to play it the second time because I'm like, we are going to beat the shit out of this level that took us like 25, 30 minutes because we were just confused.
0: We are definitely cutting down like, oh, we just need the IP address or whatever. They give you so much information. Like you'll walk in there. There will be like 20 different IP addresses. And I'm like, I need mainframe number two. And then he has to, like, look for placards mounted on the side of the mainframes to figure out which computer is mainframe number two. And then once he finds it, then I'm like, okay, what workstation are you going to log into? Like, there's just, like, so many steps just to get one door open.
1: One thing I wanted to bring up, um, have you ever heard of an escape room? No. Is that a real no? I've heard (laughs) of
0: escape rooms. I've never done one, though. Um,
1: well, I'm going to explain it anyway, so I don't even know why I asked. Yeah, um, well, I was so, Well, an escape room <laughs> – an escape room – well, now it's got to be added in because we laughed. Uh, escape rooms are basically uh, – you pay somebody to lock you in a room, mm. and uh, you have to find your way out. <laughs> or you die. Oh, no. So <laughs> hope you're not claustrophobic. No, really, um, I'm not sure how a lot of the escape rooms are because I've only done one before. Have you ever done one before in real life?
0: I just said no.
1: Oh, I didn't. Are you I was, bullying me? I right was in now? I was in podcast mode. Oh. I wasn't listening to you. Oh, okay. Um the room itself, I it was like themed around like circus performers or whatever. That's not important, but like it was a big room with like a bunch of like circus stuff. And you just have no idea how to proceed, but you just kind of roam around the room looking at stuff, interacting with things. Like there was three boxes with a bunch of holes, and there was like a piece of uh, like a pole sticking through it. And I was like, can I take this? Yeah, you can take the pole out. And so I'm like, what is this pole for? And we found another pole leaning up against the corner in, in the other side of the room. And so my friend Matt goes grabs the pole, and we're like sword fighting. We're just goofing around. <laughs> oh, but yeah. then there's a flashlight in the middle of the room. So I, find the fla- I grab the flashlight, and I start shining it into the boxes with the holes because you can't see in there. And I see a little ball, and I'm like – I'm trying to get my hand in there, and you can't. And so I'm like, okay, we need to get – we need that ball. So how do we get that ball out? How do we get ball? And so we, you can <laughs> Wait, chopstick banana. the ball. There's a hole in the middle of the in the of the of box, but it's, like, elevated, like a Mario pipe. So you have to chopstick it. The two oh people God. with the pipes have to chopstick it and drop the ball down. And then we get the ball. And I'm like, yeah, we got it. Now what? You know? What <laughs> so that's this? the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So there was, like, a little thing where you put your – if you put your faces through – like you know, when you take a picture, oh look, I'm Godzilla, and he's a he's a clown man, and, you know, you put your faces through it because that's what you do to those things, right? And it there are lasers in there that that go, oh, there's something going through here, so it it turns on a black light that gives us a number, but there are like eight padlocks in the room, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's what escape rooms are like, you know? It they're just just puzzle after puzzle after puzzle, and the whole fucking time I played this game. That's all I could think of was that one time I did this escape room. Because that's just, this game is just virtual little escape rooms for whoever the agent is. And, like, the other person, the operator, is kind of like uh, making sure they're going in the right direction all the time, you know? Even though they're most, they're almost always actively participating in the puzzle itself as well. Because they have just, like he said. There's so much information. Like, there's one level where it's, like, you have to find their uh, IP address, and you have a list of people with all their IP addresses, and there's, like, 80 of them.
0: And you just got to yeah. find it. Good luck. You scroll and scrolling until you find the right one, and you're like, oh, I have their address. They're over by this wireless node by the dock or whatever. And then I'm like, you just see me as I'm, like, walking over there. I'm like, which one is it? And you're like, the guy on the bench. And there's, like, two guys on the bench. And I'm like, the old man or the hipster with cat ears? And he's like, well, it says, <laughs> it, uh, like like, it says he has a great sense of humor, so it's probably the old man. And I'm like, <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so we were being a little negative. But this game, we did almost, I would say, 75% of the time we were actively enjoying ourselves. Would Would you say that?
0: Oh, dude, yeah. I had so much fun. Like especially like our first playthrough, like the second playthrough was really good because it felt like Hitman whenever you had already played the level through 20 times and you knew every step where we were speed running it. And I'm like, Nave, IP address. And you're like, oh wait, no, I was the agent. So I was like, Nave, I have an IP address when you're ready. And you're like, go ahead. And I'd be like, 3872. And you're like punching the key. (laughs) Boop, boop, boop. Boop boop, servers loading yeah. up, and I'm like, Nave, oh, like I don't know where the mainframe is, and, you know. And then you would, since you played the operative before last time, you're like opposite side of the room, and I would like slide over there <laughs> real quick, and I'd be like, Here it is, boop, boop 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 boop. No, man, that was just it. Is like the second playthrough was like so much fun because we knew exactly what we were calling out for, and it would just get to a point where like, if even if one of us wouldn't remember exactly what we needed to do, the other person could probably pick it up. We're like, oh, I got the janitor's ID. Well, even if you have the janitor's ID, at one point you go through like a metal detector and it will set off and trap you. And I'm like, Nave, make sure you take control of this and don't let it trap me. Or you walk in front (laughs) of a motorized turret and I'm like, Nave, take control of the camera. Otherwise, it's going to kill me because there's one camera that has a gun that will shoot you if it sees you.
1: Which you definitely shot me whenever you took control of it the first time. Yeah, yeah, the second time. So he, you were like running in circles, dodging the bullets. And so I took control of it after like the first bullet, but I just repeatedly kept shooting around <laughs> the I'm room. Like, and Nave, he's like, Take control. He's like, Take control. Have you taken control yet? I'm just <laughs> shooting over. It. He's like, Name, take control of the camera or take control of the turret. And I'm like, Oh, I've had a control of it this whole time. I've just oh been shooting. <laughs> There's many times where you can purposefully fail the mission and kill your operative. Which yep. is – this was present in It Takes Two, and every time we saw that thing, it's it'll be like you're in an elevator. You can emergency stop the elevator and set off the intruder alarm, and <laughs> I did it because I, yeah. I had the option to. And I was like, why is this even a possibility? And it's for that very reason because it's just like, and now Philip dies. And I died. Which is the same thing in It Takes Two, where you're holding open the the block that will slam shut if you let go, and as soon as they walk through the doorway, you let it slam on them and kill them. Which my favorite There's one of something those... something funny about that.
0: Is like when you're the hacker man, you're like Neo deep diving into the computers. Like you're in the system. And you go into the, like the server room at one point, and I'm like, alright, Nave, the firewall, or no, the antivirus has me held. I need you to re, like release me from the antivirus software, and you're like, okay. You walk over and there's like two buttons. And one's like recover, and the other one is delete threat. And you hit <laughs> delete threat, and I just die. And I'm like, what was that? I died somehow. What health. happened to me?
1: <laughs> what did I do wrong? And then it always tells you. It's like you're. Uh, it's like the hacker killed you. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like it just... you were deleted. I'm like, oh great.
1: Which uh, now that we're being happy, you want to talk about what pissed us off again with the soft locks? We mentioned them probably three times now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this game was you developed by talk eight about people. your soft
1: drop. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say you talk about your soft lock. I'll talk about mine.
0: Yeah. So there's only eight people that developed this game. So that's not a lot of people for what a large game this actually is. So, wait, which soft lock are we talking about?
1: yours was we both had soft locks as the hacker yeah so your soft lock was the elevator and my soft oh, lock yeah. was the node the ele- uh, the nodes at the last level
0: it gets to a point where i need to move an elevator with you in it and for some reason i had the elevator i was able to set the floor but i could not move the elevator and we could not figure out why and it seems so simple we just need to move the elevator we just restarted the level. It put us right back where we left off. I was able to move the elevator, no problem.
1: You just no, completely, like completely no idea what caused the soft lock. But it was the same reason because I had died. You can die in that area with these like there's little drones patrolling, and so mm-hmm. I died a few times. And then after a few times of dying, it just the game completely soft locked. And so I think it had something to do with that because that was the same situation when my game soft locked. With uh, the very last level, you have to go around hacking nodes, and then I can use that node to ping. So there's like a bomb, and I'm we're using those nodes to ping all of the connected nodes to see where which node is connected to the bomb. So you have to do that like four times, and then you get to the, the final node. Well, I got through the first two nodes easy-peasy, and then I get to the third one, Philip dies. All right, the connection between the second and the third, they're not – available anymore and so i'm like philip i need you to go scan that second that second node the same one and he's like well just the act of moving around is hard because there's drones and a person with a gun running around trying to kill you but he gets to the second node and um he's scanning it and he's like it's turning purple i don't know and i'm like i don't know either so we sit there for like 15 minutes as i'm just sitting there picking every single node just selecting it just to see what it does, and almost all of them, like there's like 15 or 20 of them, and I would say 14 out of the 20 do not do anything. Yep. Like they they either turn on some kind of like uh like light or like a little show like a little uh, electric show or they do absolutely nothing at all. So Philip has already done this before, so he's like, "This is all you need to do," and I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about because I can't do anything." And so eventually he dies like four or five more times, and then the node is like, oh, I can open a door, the same node. And I'm like, oh, well, we can open a door. So now we're convinced that there's something in that room, even though this is not how we did it the first time. No. And so we spend like ten more minutes trying to do that. And then eventually that node – because he just keeps dying. And I go I, – every time he dies, I'm like clipping on, clicking on all the nodes, hoping something changes. And after like ten minutes, one of the nodes again changes like how it's supposed to, going, find the bomb, or whatever it said. And so I ping it, and I, we go to the next node, and this node just does not work for maybe 10, 15, 15 minutes. Like, Philip is actively like, we need to stop. This sucks. And I'm yeah, like, like, let's just record
0: the pod. This I'm like, it.
1: I want to do the bomb, because that's the very end of the game. The only thing you do after that is disarm the bomb, and that is fun. So I'm like, I want to disarm the bomb so bad. I, and so wait, I'm like, wait, are we softlocked right now? And he's just like... I don't think so, man, and I'm like, I think we are because I cannot be this stupid, like <laughs> I, I have no idea what to do. I' have no idea, and so we restart the game, and I'm like, if if this doesn't fix it, then we'll just record the pod, and lo and behold, first try each note, just fucking immediately like works as it's supposed to, and so I knew and it was even the exact same pattern, so Philip knew exactly where to go every time to avoid all of the drones and stuff, and so then we disarmed the bomb and started having fun again but that was it was awful it was like 30 minutes of us not really knowing if we were soft locked or not
0: yeah that was pretty bad which this game has some clunk or jank with it and not the good kind of clunky jank like it is like frame dropping every time there's any more moving objects than your character like i didn't know as much as the <laughs> hacker man whenever you're staring at a screen which is just like <clears throat> large polygons and a couple of like Uh, static effects but as the agent running around the buildings like i feel like i was in sub 30 all the time
1: i was surprised because i was playing on the uh series x and i'm pretty sure it was running at 60 i feel like i would have noticed it was at 30 it might have been at 30 though i honestly don't know but there were noticeable drops and i was like wow this game is not that intense and i'm dropping frames on the fucking newest hardware and so i was just wondering what it was going to be like for you i have no idea what you were looking at but oh, i would walk into a room terrible. and i'd be like i'd be like whoa what is happening like i i see screen tearing something's something's going on I, this isn't resident evil 7 or resident evil 8 even 7 you know these beautiful games this game has as an aesthetic i don't particularly like it that much it's kind of like the modern cartoon aesthetic a little bit which isn't which isn't really my bag it's not graphically intensive is what i'm trying to say
0: all right nave so now that we've kind of covered the the dirty do you have a favorite moment, reminiscing back, like an interaction that we really enjoyed? Because I can go first.
1: I it, I I don't think my opinion will change. I think my favorite moments with this game were the first two levels, just learning the ropes of the game mm-hmm. together. Um, but either it's either that, like the first two levels, when we were just completely virgins to this game, and or it was the evidence room whenever. I mean, the evidence room was pain for a long time. But <laughs> yeah. that last, like, minute where we realized what to do, it felt really, really good. Yeah. So I would say um, it's it's probably with that moment right there, the uh, evidence room at the end. I mean, at the end of the evidence room level.
0: Well, I really enjoyed the, the end of the train level because you go through this whole set piece of basically just doing, like, menial tasks on the train of, like, Scanning people's cell phones, see what apps they're using, reading their text messages. You're the good guy, by the way. Don't worry. These are bad guys that you're you're hacking or whatever. And yeah, they're then, like, we're
1: going to get the bomb. Make yeah. sure you get this file.
0: Yeah, and the bad Thank guy, God. like you steal the file from like the bad guy. And he gets off the train and he's like, you know what? I'll show them. I know they're on that train somewhere. So he hacks the train, turns off the brakes, and sends it going like 300 kilometers an hour. I don't know how fast that is. Canadians, right in. And
1: every, everyone else in the whole world, right in, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, or you can just use the empirical system, you fuckers. Yeah.
0: So the train starts speeding away and it's like, we got to stop this train. And like, I'm the hacker man. and I'm like, Dave, you got to get to the, the, like the engineer room in the front of the train. And you're like, I'm on my way, but it's locked. You need to blow a fuse. And I didn't realize this at the time because I like, I had a list of like 20 fuses I could blow. But whenever I play that as that as the operative, this is a spaghetti <laughs> of wires going all over the place to all these different fuse boxes and total just,
1: nightmare for any electrical yeah. engineer that has to maintain that train
0: and I'm just like nave give me the fuse. I'm just looking at like an Excel document with like the fuses and I can just like turn off anyone I want. it's just a fuse box and,
1: and you and can see in the camera you could see a tiny little operative running around the yeah. train panicking trying to find the fuse box
0: yeah because like it's not a one central location it's spread throughout the train and he's like chasing wires trying to figure that out. And I'm like, just tell it to me. And we get in there and then all of a sudden it says instructions. And I have a list of like six different stations with instructions on what to do. And I'm like, okay, Dave, listen up. Here we go. And you're just like in the, the in the cabin of the, like the self-driving train. And I'm like, security locks. Um, like what are you working on? And you're like, I'm doing the battery balancer or something like that. It was just like all these made up sounding machines. And you would like, I'm doing this, and I'm like, okay, here's what you need to do. Always confused me. It's like, then whenever I was working in the train and you were my like hacker man, like I would go in there. I'm like, all right, Nave, I need this, this, and this. And you're like, you haven't told me the serial number yet, because like <laughs> your instructions change based on the, like the serial number of whatever I'm working on. And I'm like. Dang it, Knave! It's serial number
1: 147-D! <laughs> <laughs> and I had to ask like three times, and yeah. he would just keep skipping it over.
0: And I'm like, I don't care about the serial number. Tell me what buttons to press.
1: And there was a, uh, I-, I would say, similar to that uh, train, the, uh... Sim- similar to the climax of the train level, I would say the bomb is also one of the best puzzles in the whole game. Um, I love these kinds of puzzles, uh, like i I there's a lot of like casual games on the Xbox marketplace where you can play these kinds of games with friends like party games like diffuse the bomb or whatever yeah or um
0: keep talking or everyone dies
1: yeah that's that's the game I was thinking of and there's a one there's one game in jackbox that's like that as well yeah where you all have to diffuse a bomb but um it's it's real fun it's like if there it's like this is in the train level as well uh it, but it'll be like if there are two red fuses, then cut the fourth fuse. If there are if if the green fuse is adjacent to the red fuse, then cut the black fuse. If there are no white fuses then cut the... I'm getting wires and fuses confused, Yeah. But you know what I mean. The wire. I mean, replace wire with all those words. And so I like those things. But it's easier if you can see the wires and then read them. So now it, we would alternate between I'm going to read all the wires in order or I'm going to read all the instructions and you just stop me whenever I'm cuz you get halfway through the the instruct the first instruction and it's like nope that's not true. You know, you like if the green wire is adjacent to the red wire and you're like nope. Okay. Well, if the black wire, you know what I mean? So yeah. that was probably faster, but it, those I I enjoy those kinds of like I could play the train level again and again and again probably, you know, just fucking around cuz it is different every single time. It's randomized. Uh, I, I, like if I could make a save point to the to the end of the train level, I mean, because the whole rest of the level, it's it's pretty cool, you know. It's you know you're you're doing actual espionage shit, like you're being a, a spy, hacking someone's phone. Someone tries to come and gun you down and stop you, and you have to like blend in and wait till he gets off the train. You know, it's like it's pretty cool, you know. But that end of that train level, with all of the puzzles, that's really what it's all about.
0: All right, Uh, I think it's time for us to take a quick break. And we're back. All right, Nave. So you're an elite hacker man, but you really need a field operative. Would you recommend somebody be your field operative to your hacker man and play some Operation Tango with you? What's your final review?
1: This is a rare occasion where I... Do not get to say of course because it's on Game Pass because this game is not on Game Pass. <gasps> this game just came out. Um, it's just like it takes two. I I don't I was going to say it's $20. I don't remember how much it takes two was. It might be $20, it might be 30, but this game itself is $20. That's $10 per person. Um this is a ten dollar experience like people pay like 50 or something bucks to do escape rooms in real life and this is just a uh, escape room you can do on your couch with somebody uh, who can't be with you at the current moment so i don't i don't think that there's split screen co-op is there i wouldn't think so because that would ruin the game so you do need to play this with somebody that is actually not with you but overall experience if you enjoy doing puzzles uh, is very positive uh the puzzles are fun they're not like it's not you're not playing little tetris blocks the whole time sometimes you're like actively using problem solving to figure your way out of like uh, a, a situation like you're like you need like you need to get an appointment like we said earlier in the review that you need to get a rep- appointment that is a, an appropriate time so that you can go through this door and it's it's not important who you are it's just important that you are capable of th- that the person whose id you took is capable of scheduling that appointment stuff like that
0: which to interrupt real quick i remember at one point you're like oh i'm like what time is it for me to because i was a hacker man I'm like i need to schedule your appointment what time is it and you're like oh it's like 3 30 or something like that and i'm like okay i say your appointment for four and you're like why four and i'm like i don't want you to be late for your appointment <laughs> or something like that.
1: I, just, I didn't know where you were going with that. I just remembered cracking that joke, yeah. There's a lot of goofiness that could be had. And there's a lot of cool Easter eggs as well. Like, um, whenever you're going through the evidence room, there's a lot of things that I'm almost positive are uh, references to things. Like, I think there's a reference to Mafia. There's like a. It, it's either the game's Mafia or just the Mafia in general, where there's like a Tommy gun and a hat and money and like a pipe. And then there's uh, a chainsaw with a uh, sawed-off shotgun i'm like that's doom probably right yeah you know and you you can you can see a lot of stuff like that and like whenever i was the hacker uh there's all this information you can sift through and like messages you can look through in some of the levels and i was looking through like public message forums the store the uh company we we're breaking into and i saw a name tom morello if you don't if you're not uh inclined with rock music uh tom morello was the guitarist for a band called rage against the machine which is one of the most popular rock bands of all time so when i naturally when i saw that i had to click on it and it said manager i requested that you did not schedule me for work on the weekend because i'm touring with my band and it's like please remove me from the schedule thanks and i was like that's funny you know i know because there's and there was like Fifteen messages. So I was like, at least one of these has to also be a reference to something. But I just have no idea who any of these people are. But they had the scatter mentality, I assume, to like include someone like that so that someone like me would see that and go, "I'm tickled pink." While I'm waiting for you to figure out what the hell you do.
0: At the same time, I'm like, "Nave, stop reading messages. Stop." Oh, like when I'm on the train, I'm like, hey, "Oh my god, what app is he using?" And you're like, "Hold on, I'm filling out a survey I just received in an email." <laughs> Or something like that. I'm like, what? Is, what apps is he using? Is he using Clicker Hero, or was it Bug Masher in like I don't Forever know. Church? Like, they were just weird apps that different people had on their phones.
1: It's like you, when you're doing all the hacking stuff, a survey will pop up. That's like, how do you feel about your management? And it's like dissatisfactory. And it's like, <laughs> do you have enough time to go on restroom breaks? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like filling out this 10 question <laughs> survey that does nothing. There's no achievement, there's no money you get for it. It just it popped up and I did it and he almost lost his life because I was <laughs> distracted. All
0: right, but so this game was a great deal. $10 experience.
1: Ooh, you should talk about um you should talk about that one level where you're like running through the the place and the other guy is like helping you out. Where like so the hacker is physically moving in cyberspace, in the deep web, and then the uh, agent is actually using the computer and helping him out.
0: Yeah, this one was kind of weird, where it was almost like a portal-esque, like, oh, we just have to make it to the other side of the room. Like, make it to the other side of the room, push the button or whatever. And it was all grid-based, where you're moving around in first person as a hacker man, and the agent would place bricks, like square bricks... Kind of like on that grid, and you could walk across them. But at the same time, they were like memory wipers that were coming by and clearing away the bricks. And the other person could only see, like the person dropping the bricks, could only see the location of the player, and then the general terrain. They could not see any of the destroyers or anything like that. So... You would just be like, I'd just be there, and I'd be like, Nave, I need a bridge, or I need a block in front of me. And you're like, I only see a dot. I don't know which way you're looking. And I'm like, north, <laughs> north, north. <laughs> and, you know, like, and I'm like, which north?
1: Yeah, because there's no compass. Yeah. Like, it's like, uh, you're like, okay, uh, make a bridge for me. And you're like, go to the left, go to the left, go to the left. And then you just see him disappear, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he dies. Yeah, he's the dot just Because you just have no idea where the left is, so... <laughs> but i was actually so that, that's not the one i was talking about i was talking about the whole level where you're oh, the in cyberspace man level oh that one yeah, yeah where so it's like it's like there are virus the the what is it, the viruses cut chasing behind you but you can't see them oh, and like yeah.
0: in this one the hacker man's the one actually moving and the field agent is at these like certain terminals around the hacker man who's in the matrix right now because he's in, a, in like an endless <laughs> runner guitar hero type situation where he's just running along a road. And as he goes, he hits, there's like, oh, there's a firewall coming up. I need you to switch my code to like C-72. And then instantly the operative then is like C-22 has to go over and like switch tabs and switch you to C-22 before you hit the firewall. And then if you do hit the firewall, you start to lose connectivity. And if you lose connectivity, you lose your agent. And so you would go to repair the signal where you were like, oh, I'm going to boost the Wi-Fi. And it was like a screen would pop up that would look like command prompt. And it would be like, pretend to type here and look like a hacker. It's,
1: it's exactly like what it says. It's yeah. like, press anything and pretend you're typing. Yeah, so really like, <laughs>
0: they like, would just be passion buttons real quick. And all of a sudden, like all this lines of code and scripts and functions would just start appearing on the screen. And he's like, I did it. And then, like the screen would clear out of the way and our connection would get stronger and your health would come back.
1: The hardest part of that part, that whole level is like, After, like, halfway through, you would start getting, like, three or four mini-games going on at one time. And the first time we went through it, Philip was like... It was like he's like Nave, you gotta switch to me. Nave, you gotta switch my code. Nave, switch my code. Nave, switch my code. And then I just see him lose life. Yeah, and then the and then he would lose more life because he's standing in the wrong place and I haven't told him to move and because there's something coming behind him and I'm just trying to do the mini games and I only have 10 <laughs> seconds to do each one and he's like, what is taking you so long, I'm like, Philip, I have so many tabs on my screen. <laughs> And then the second time we played it, because we were just we were blazing through the game. This was the first speed bump where he it was it was hard because he was like he's like this is easy. And then once you start getting all those tabs on your screen, he's like, oh, I I kind of know what you're what you're dealing with earlier yeah. <laughs> because every almost every time he had to change my code, I got slammed into a wall because <laughs> he never got off of it in time.
0: <laughs> well, that's problems like the controls definitely have problems. Like I feel like if we had a mouse and keyboard this game would be so much easier for the hacker. Oh, man. yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, if you could just click window to window, tab to tab, it would be nothing. But with, you know, the Xbox controller, it's like, okay, you need to use the left analog stick to move to whatever window, and then half of the time, it's like, use the right stick to move it. Or sometimes you just press A to move it. Like, it was just like the controls were inconsistent, and like it was never killer, but it just felt bad to lose because the controls didn't make sense.
1: Yeah, because it, it would be like, sometimes you have to select the window, and other times you don't select the window. And if you have to move windows fast, if it's something you selected, you would have to hit B to unselect the window, then go over to the other window, which may or may not need to be selected in order to interact with. And if you don't realize you have to press B, you could just hit right on the stick five or six times before you realize your, your cursor is just not moving, because you need to press B. And like he said, it's never like horrific, but... It'll it'll const the whole game throughout the whole experience you'll be getting tripped up by it, not that the experience is that long.
0: All right, Ava, is there anything you want to add to your review before I get to mine?
1: Besides, I mean, the length is probably something like like you said. It probably took us about three or four hours to beat it the first time, and about two hours to beat it the second time, and um, so you know, six hours for twenty dollars. Um, You could go. You could go to worse places. And if you enjoy doing puzzles, if you hate puzzles, if puzzles frustrate you, this game's gonna frustrate you. Don't worry. Don't even worry about this game. But I mean, the puzzles aren't like. It's not like you're playing an adventure game. Like you're not playing Grim Fandango. Oh. You know. But. Yeah, it's it's a little fun. You know, you can play this with a kid, or you can play this with you know your loved one or whatever, and uh, it'll it'll be a really fun time. I rated a fun out of ten.
0: Nice. Nice. Okay, so for my final game review, I would say this game was really surprising. Like, I wasn't expecting a crazy much from it, but it definitely surprised me. For one, I didn't have to pay anything at all. And they bought, you know, the $20 copy or whatever, and I just downloaded the trial copy. And I could just play it right then. Like, I installed the full game and just jumped right into his game. No problems at all. Like, I always worry about stuff like this. Like, oh, what if I need to log in a certain way, or I need to punch in a code or something weird like that to do a guest copy, but no, it was like the trial version worked perfectly.
1: The difference between this game and It Takes Two is It Takes Two had two different executables. One was just the game itself, and the, the other one was the uh, buddy pass or something like that, mm-hmm. which was very obvious. Like When you go to the game in the store, you see that. It's like, there it is. With this game, uh, it did not have anything like that. So, on a, on a whim... Because in the description of the game, it says you only need to buy one copy. But it never mentions how to play the game for free with your friend. So on a whim, I was just like, well, download the free trial. Because a lot of games have free trials that are just like two hours of the game or whatever. So he went ahead and downloaded it. And once it was done, he was like, hey, how big is your game file? Is it four gigs? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, yeah, I have the full game. So let's try this out. And it ended up working that way. And of course, since... There's like no information about this game immediately around anywhere. So it's like we're yeah. just kind of winging it and hoping that it works, which it did in this case, which is nice. But I wish it is nicer the other way that it takes two way, where there's just a, the copy of the game is right there rather than having to because anyone who is, you know, anyone who's not super interested in playing something, if you're having to convince them to do that, that one extra hurdle of, I don't know how to download the game, may be the difference between playing it and not playing it. You know? (laughs) Getting your friend to play it, and having to play Call of Duty Zombies with them again.
0: So that ease definitely like hyped up my spirits, too. I'm like, perfect, this is going to work. And we jumped right into it. And from the word go, you're dropped into an elevator, where you are changing the music just for no reason at all. And I'm able to change the way the elevator looks, like change the mooding from like an island theme to like a spooky theme to a Christmas theme. And I'm like, okay, this game has our sense of humor. This is going to be good. And we got into it, and I loved playing through the whole thing. Like there were moments where we were struggling, but we made it through. Like, you know, you got to have a little bad with the good. Otherwise, I don't even know what you're going for. But it almost felt too easy in some parts. What I really want from this game is just more. Like... I know this game was only 20 bucks. If they came out with another $20 pack, I would definitely go in on it. Or if they just had some DLC that went along with it. We already cleared through the game twice. And I assume we probably made like... I don't know, saw everything we could see at this point. Yeah, it because would be
1: hard. Uh, it, it, the only more experience we could get with this game is playing it with other people at this point. Who don't know what's going on. It would be yeah. like a Portal 2 co-op scenario.
0: Yeah, but then the thing is... It turns into you have to sit there and not solve the puzzle and then it puts it all on the other player pretty much to be like hey maybe you should check that sticky note by the wall you know
1: <laughs> which luckily in this game cuz you keep bringing up the sticky note i don't think a sticky note ever comes up cuz usually it's like a really big obvious glowing thing yeah that the whole for the whole game we never had a problem finding what we needed to interact with except one time and that was me being really stupid because there, it's like there's a big glowing line on the floor, like drawing a line straight to the thing I need to interact with, like it's a hospital guiding you to the <laughs> ICU. You know, like I, I just did not see it in the middle of the room. <laughs> I was just walking around, wandering. But,
0: but one thing I would say about just like puzzle difficulty, like that's such a hard thing to scale for, because what could be difficult, you know, like what's difficult for one person might not be difficult for another. And I'm sure there's some puzzles that we took longer on than we should have. and But the problem is, like, some of them were just, like, really, abs- like, almost abstract. Like, there was one where it was like, oh, we're going to play Guitar Hero for three notes. But one player can see when to hit the notes and has to tell the other player what notes they are. But he can't do it at the same time. So it would go in there and I'd be like, all right, Nave, the notes are going to be red, green, blue, blue, green. And then I go in there and I say, "Now hit it! Now hit it! Now hit it!" So the other player has to like memorize which notes to hit, like what colors, and then they also have to listen for when to hit it, which is already a struggle with our, you know, hotel ping, which ranges from, you know, fifty to two hundred and fifty, uh, you know, at <laughs> bad times.
1: Yeah. So like instead, so like there's a little like box where the squares are coming down and um like your instinct is to go hit it right when the square gets in the box but then they would miss every time so i am not sure if if i played with someone who worked at google if that was if that's how it would be still but um i would always wait until the the little square got about a quarter of the way there and i'd tell you to hit it and then by the time you hit it it would hit the bottom of the screen where you were able to hit it again so it's like The first time we went through that one level where the hacker man is the one moving around inside cyberspace, there's one of the mini games is a ping where it's like hit this simultaneously, and one person controls when to start, and then he has to. But he's the only one who sees the ping moving, and so you you have to be like now, and then the other person hits whenever you say now, just assume, just hoping that that's right. So if you if you say now, right when you're supposed to hit it, and then he hits it, his ping won't even be on the on the scale. It, it's too much time; it already passed. So we had you have to. I'm like you have to say it way earlier because yeah. I'm I just because he'd be like Nave and he'd be like and <laughs> yeah. now and then I would be like way off and he'd be like what are you doing and I'm like you you can't <laughs> don't you remember the the color block Guitar Hero puzzle and he'd be like oh yeah well uh, the ping
0: yeah latency. Apparently we don't have light speed internet yet. So yeah, What are we so even some, living for then? I know. So some puzzles are artificially difficult, such as like the ping one and the guitar hero one. So I feel like they just need to like kinda scrap some of these weird things like the roller like the ball inside the grid thing and get rid of lock picking or at least make it fun somehow. I don't know how they make that fun. Get rid of the not fun things, add more fun things. And add more Randomness to them if you can.
1: They were already dropping hint bombs of, at the end of the game about you know a sequel or a DLC or something. Like they did the the cheesy uh, spy thriller thing where at the end they're like sitting in the sun and their recliners drinking martinis and then they get a phone call. Both of them get a phone call at the same time from their uh, their agency spy. or whatever, yeah. and they're like, "Time to go," you know, yeah. or whatever. I got another mission for you because they don't ever talk, but. It's like uh it, you know it's it's like a, it's supposed to be a cheesy James Bond kind of knockoff. Even whenever you oh, – all the music, when you're playing as each character, they each have their own music. So I'm like I'm like this music fucking kicks ass playing as the spy and you're like this music's kind of lame actually. And I'm like <laughs> da, 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 da. it's like a horn, you know, it's like James mm. Bond knockoff music and he's just listening to <laughs> yeah. bow, bow, bow. It's like, okay, well, you're right. There's music on this side. It's not that great.
0: I definitely recommend this game. I give it fun out of fun or whatever you said before. It's really good. Uh, But I really hope they patch more of it. I know it's been out for a minute. Uh, If there's any time travelers out there and you have a PlayStation, it's actually free for PlayStation Plus as of yesterday. Or it ends yesterday. So time travelers get on Eat shit, nerd. Yeah, it's already too late.
1: That's probably how I heard about it then. Like, they probably they always bring up the PlayStation Plus games, so in that case they probably would have described the game, and then I would have been like, "This is for sure something I should download," mm-hmm. before all the fuckery happened.
0: So we don't have any mailer feedback or reviews. We just have one new iTunes five-star review. Can't see you have sent it, so thank you random iTunes person. And if you want to send us a message, uh, just contact us at gamingtogetherpod@gmail.com at or Twitter or Facebook.
1: Or uh, sometimes we're streaming on Twitch at GamingTogetherPod. Uh, usually it's from uh, Phillip's perspective because he's the one that's got it signed in on his account, but it's usually when we're playing interesting games. We might be streaming some Destiny and stuff. Sounds like a lot of fun, but uh, it really is just up to if we feel like streaming or not.
0: So, Nave, what do you think we should do for next week?
1: Uh, well, if we're going to try and keep the little ping pong thing of retrospective and review thing going on, then we have a whole lot of games that we could pick from the hat. Uh, games that I've been bringing up a lot, like Left 4 Dead and, uh, I don't, have I brought up Animal Crossing?
0: Um,
1: I can't remember, it's all blending together. Well, Animal Crossing is probably a game that we could do a retrospective on as well. I re I would like, like each of the retrospectives. I'm really wanting to pull a guest, yeah, in for those as, as as often as possible. Cause like if we can't get a guest, then there are certain games that I just don't want to touch. Like I don't want to touch Animal Crossing. Animal. The only reason I want to do Animal Crossing is to get Maddie on. The only reason I want to do Left for Dead to get William on uh, William or Caleb. Uh, the I want to do Gears of War, but I want to have Aaron on. Uh, I- you remember Aaron's Snack Pack? Yeah. Um I want to do either either like Gears of War or Dark Souls or well I I want to do Dark Souls with a friend na- uh Matt actually Dark Souls 1 uh like they, I have I just have in my head a list so like Dark Souls 1 we can have Matt on uh, like Gears of War or uh Code Vein or something like that we can do with Aaron it it's like that you know like yeah, in any know, other game like that I would like to wing it like I want to have Victor on again but I think I wanna have like four or five guests on before we reuse another guest. Which makes me sad because Christian really wants to be on the Destiny podcast. So I might just go, Ah, eh, fuck the rules. Let's have Christian on again. Because he he know it's like he knows a lot about Destiny. He just that's really the one of the only things he plays. I think he brought it up in the Outriders podcast, which is the one he was in. Shout out to episode four. Go give us a go give us another download. Come on. You don't even have to listen to it. Just download it. Turn it on for one second on YouTube. Don't do that. That'll fuck our analytics up. Turn it on on YouTube and mute the computer and go to bed and let it autoplay. All right, then. That's it. Yeah, that sounds like a, a pretty good game plan. I don't think I have much to add. I'm getting, I'm getting uh, salesman skills from the Duke and Resident Evil. He's just so charismatic. I want to be his friend.
0: So does he do the cooking for you, or do you do the cooking with? His oh yeah, of course that
1: fat fuck. Of course that fat fuck wants to cook for you too. Were you kidding me? Because
0: <laughs> I know there was like cooking involved.
1: Yeah, you can kill uh, animals. It's so it's such a good game, man. There's just so many little just neat things you can do. But uh, oh, that sounds like because like the the cooking. What did I say? I didn't even notice.
0: Yeah, you can kill animals. It's such a such a good game.
1: <laughs> oh, my favorite. Come here, Molly. You can kill animals and um. And bring the meat to them. It's just like pigs and goats and birds and stuff, you know, the, oh, yeah, the, the usual... animals that no one cares about. Well, don't say that to Maddie because she'll wring your neck. We have a goat shrine on that painting back there uh, with magic cards that have goats on them. Do you have so, goats? <laughs> we do not have goats.
0: Oh, yeah, you live in an apartment now. I forgot. Yeah. I was thinking about your other goats.
1: Yeah, in my old house that you, uh, in Midwest City, you used to go to a lot. Uh, the person who owned the property, our landlord, he would use our backyard as like a ranch. And so... Uh, we would have goats or horses or cows or something back there. Like, I don't know what he did with them. I think he just rented it out as, like, space so people would put their goats they, they'd there. they
0: store their goats there if they need to, you know?
1: Yeah, the goats were cool, too. Goats are awesome. They'll come to you if you start feeding them, like uh, carrots and stuff. They'll just come to you when you come home. Like, they'll all rush to the gate just to greet you. It's like, this is cool. But once they realize you're not going to feed them, they're like, ah, fuck this guy. They'll walk off. Dang. They got to go
0: do good so things.
1: They're really just using you for carrots, but well, this
0: has been Goat Talk on the Gaming Together podcast.
1: All right, shout out to Maddie; she'll like it. Shout to listen to the end.
0: All right, well, thanks for listening to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. See, I didn't, I didn't use the "the" this time.
1: Yeah, and it sounded awesome. All right, thanks. Thank right. you. Well, <laughs> we'll see you, co-op partners,
0: next time. Bye.
1: Bye.